your faith in God. I've put my faith in Him. And I'm so grateful this morning that I can stand strong. Not on my strength. Not on, not on our economy. Not on anything else. But that Jesus Christ died on the cross. You know, this morning I was thinking again, because I'm reading through Leviticus, and it talks about all of the sacrifices. And I know, I don't know about you, but when I make a mistake, I have to. It's like a process to, to fix it, and you're fixing it, and you're thinking about, you know, the mistake you made, and it's like, oh, why did I do this, and now I have to clean this up, and why was I jumping on the couch with Alexandra, and I knocked the lamp over? That's a true story. Why did I do that? Now i got to clean up this mess. And I was thinking about that when they were doing their sacrifices in the Old Testament, as they brought this animal, and it was messy, and it didn't sound good, and it didn't like this whole process of them again just, why did I sin? Why did I disobey God? This morning, I don't want us to lose sight of what Jesus has done for us. Because we don't walk into a building with smelly animals and blood on the ground. But we can worship the Lord, our Lord and Savior. He, is, he has forgiven us of our sins. He has corrected our mistakes. He has removed our guilt. He has removed our shame. So we worship Him this morning. So just I just love him, and I'm standing on the power of the Lord this morning. You may be seated. Thank you for joining in the worship. Thank you for joining in and worshiping God online. I'm just just loving God with all of my heart this morning, and just never want to overlook what God has done for us. He has done so much for us, and that's why we worship him. That's why we take time, even in these songs, just to think about his goodness and his grace. Again, thank you for being a part of our service this morning. Glad that you're here online. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you're here and you're here for the first time, you'd like to connect, there's a connect card. You can pull out that connect card, fill it out, fill it out online. We'll do our best to connect with you. Send you a Starbucks gift card for sure. We want to just to get to know you and serve you as best as possible. If you want to give, we obviously encourage giving. It's what God does. It's what God did. It's what God will always do. He gives. As His people, we have the privilege of giving our tithes and our offerings to Him. You can do it online. Just clicking the give button and you'll be here. We have boxes out back as people. So this morning we're going to continue in on the uh, Family Feud series. We are not going to play Family Feud. It just got out of hand last week. <laughs> it really did. Get out of hand, but I thought I'd share some uh, couple things. Why we feud, right? Let me let me share these. I guess you can call them jokes. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not a good joke teller. I guess I know why here in a little bit. Let me read this one to you. On their third date, the guy was astounded when the girl of his dreams accepted his hasty proposal of marriage. She, I'm so flattered. He stammered, I know I certainly don't deserve you. I don't have much money. And I realize I'm not the greatest looking fellow around either. Oh, don't worry about all of that, she said with a wave of her hand. You'll be away at work for 12 or 15 hours a day. <laughs> That's Dusty. <laughs> uh, okay, this one. Okay, this one. This one. If you don't laugh on this one, it's not my fault. A father was speaking to the young man who would be dating his daughter 
about his finances. What will be your yearly income? The father asked. Fifty thousand, the young man replied. Not too shabby. When you add my daughter's forty thousand, that will be a very comfortable income. Oh, I already counted her in the in the fifty thousand. Oh man. Well, he was ahead of the game because I had zero thousand in my marriage. Anyway, we won't go there this morning. Family feuds. Why do we get into family feuds? Well, hopefully it's not because of the way we look this morning, but we're going to continue. I wanted to give two principles in talking about EQ and talking about putting your emotion, emotional management process into action. I want you to use that. I want you to build on that. And if you don't use a tool, you know it becomes dull. So you've got to put it into action. So I wanted to give you two more kind of just principles in making your EQ, making your ability to manage your emotions, your desire to manage the emotions of others. I want you to do your best at it. So I wanted to give you two, uh, what I would call rebars, steel, to kind of strengthen already your EQ this morning. When you look at your EQ, when you look at your ability to manage your emotions, when you look at your desire to manage the emotions of others, it all starts with your thoughts. Your thought process is so important. It's the basis of everything that happens in your life. There is a cause for every action that you have. There is a reason for every word that you speak. And those causes and those reasons can all be found in your thoughts. Your thought life is so important. So this morning, the title of this message is Testing Your Thoughts. Testing Your Thoughts. Now, we get tested all the time. We talked about IQ in the very beginning. IQ is a test of your intelligence. We're talking about EQ. It's the test of your emotions. We go through all sorts of medical tests, skill tests, information tests. But one of the most important tests you could ever take, but we seldom do, is a test of your thoughts. What is going on in your brain? What are, what are you really thinking? A test of your thoughts. You, you realize, I'm sure most of you realize, you have a super, super, super computer between your ears. And it's so super that you can just let it go and let it run and it will work. And it will do what it needs done in a day. You don't have to test your thoughts. You can just let that brain of yours function, and it functions at a high level, you don't even need to worry about what's going on up there. And we talked about this with your emotions, and I want to talk about this in the beginning of the sermon, that your thoughts, if you put it into autopilot, if you just let your thoughts just go and function the way you, they are functioning on their own, if you just, if you pay no attention to what's happening up there, you're going to find yourself, I believe, in trouble. You're going to find yourself in circumstances that you didn't want to initially create. I didn't, I didn't want that to happen. Well, it happened because you just let your thoughts go into autopilot and you weren't thinking about that. 
As I said, there's a reason for every action. There's a, there's a purpose behind everything that you're saying. And until you discover your thoughts, you're never going to understand fully why you act the way you do and why you speak the way you speak. Let me share this scripture verse from Psalm 139. Verse 23 says this. The psalmist said, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I love that the, the psalmist said, Search me, God, because we're like an onion. Right? You've heard that analogy before. There's lots of layers to our life. I can't just look at you right now and know what you're going through. I can't just look at you right now and say, oh, I know exactly what you're thinking. And I've done that. You know, I've ministered for, for 24 years. Uh, I've been up here, and, and, you know, believe it or not, this mind is still going when I'm preaching. I've talked about it already. And I can start thinking, God, why are they, man, they look mad at me. They look tired right now. And, you know, I have no idea. You know, I'm just judging a book by its cover. And have you learned in life you cannot judge a book by its cover? Because I've had it so many times where somebody, I thought maybe they were mad at my sermon, and they came back and said, man, that was really good. Oh, I don't know. I, it takes us searching sometimes to get down to our actions. The, the purpose of our actions or the reason for our actions. It, it takes God searching with a flashlight into our heart. And, it, and that's the truth. And that is the reality of life. We're all like onions. And so sometimes God needs to kind of shine the light in our lives to, so that we can discover that. He, the psalmist also said, see. God, would you, would you take a look with your eyes? Now, this is God Almighty. It's not a prayer that we pray for, to our friend, you know. Hey, friend, can you see what's going on in my life? It was a prayer we were praying to God. God, come see what's inside of me. The one who created the heavens and the earth. The one who designed your eyeball. The one who blesses you and fixes you and comforts you. That's the, the person we come to and say, Lord, would you come look at me? Would you come look at my brain? Would you come look at these thoughts? And this morning, I want you to have this, this test of your thoughts and start thinking, what are my thoughts based on? Why am I thinking this? What causes me to think this way? Why am I acting in my mind? Why am I playing these scenarios out in my mind? And I'm sure as believers in Christ, you've been there before. I know I have, like, all of a sudden, you put the brakes on your thoughts like, whoa, not going there, not thinking that. I know what they just said to me, but not going to go there. And that's what it is. That's, that's, that's the idea of testing your thoughts this morning. And I believe it's something that we need to constantly do. We need to say, God, look at me. Search me. Look inside me. Because some days we wake up and we have this thought, my life is falling apart. And when we have that thought of, my life is falling apart, and we don't manage it, we ignore it, we don't pay attention to it, we don't test it, and guess what happens? Everything you say, everything you do, you're, 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 you're calling your stockbroker and you're thinking, I've got to sell. 
you're calling your real estate, or you're calling your insurance agent. I've got to get a higher, you know, insurance policy. My life's falling apart. You start acting. You start talking like your life is falling apart. And it's all because you're letting your thoughts govern your life. It's all because you're not paying attention to your thoughts. You're not taking the time to test your thoughts. Uh, you're not asking yourself, are these th- what are these thoughts based on? Am I thinking this because it's how I feel? Am I just thinking these things because that's what the doctor said? And now I'm just thinking this? Or are you like Job? Job, who had lost everything, even his children, lost his business, lost his fortune. He had lost everything. And yet Job declared, the Lord gives, the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Why was Job able to declare that powerful truth that we can sing about and preach about today? He was able to do that because he took control of his thoughts. You better believe he felt horrible. He was a loving father. The Bible said he prayed for his children. He was a very loving father. So he was, without a doubt, felt horrible at the loss of his children. And yet he knew that God was still in control of his life. And so he was able to control his thoughts, which then controlled what he spoke and what he did. This morning, I I want us to think about that. I want us to be like Job and say, God, my life may be falling apart, but my thoughts are still, I want you to still control it. Isaiah declared, God, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Your ways are higher than my ways, God. So this morning, I have to ask you this question. What is controlling your thoughts? What's the basis of what's going on up here? What's managing what you're thinking right now? Of course, this morning, I'm not going to continue on this whole idea of thoughts. I just wanted to present to you that your thought life is so important to think about. It's so important to test. Test your thoughts. And ultimately, that's what prayer is all about. The reason why you should be praying every day is because prayer will cause you to pause and say, Hey, thinking this, Lord. I need you to help me here. God, I've been thinking this, and is this right? Am I right in thinking this about this person? Is what, God, is what I'm thinking right now, is, is that your will? Is that your word? Is your word the basis of my thought life? And so your time of prayer is truly a test of your thoughts. So if you're praying every day, and if you're like me, and because when, when I pray, I, have to, I, I do have to really focus on God because I like to think about, you know, what am I going to do today? And, and when I start thinking about what I'm going to do today, I start thinking about 1 through 10 of the things I'm going to do and how I'm going to do them and when I should do them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I push them aside and say, no, none of that matters right now. I'm in God's presence. I need Him to speak to me. I need Him to shine His light in me. My agenda doesn't matter right now. So prayer is so important. Prayer is what allows God to shine the light. It allows God to say, you know what? 
said, stop thinking that. He said, don't think that. I want you to think this. I want you to have this thought. Your thought life must be changed. It must be a new day. Well, this morning's message is, I'm going to just deal specifically with one area of your thoughts. So let God deal with all of those other areas because there's, I mean, every area of life applies to your thoughts. But this morning, I wanted to focus in your thoughts on Jews, right? We're talking about disagreements. We're talking about arguments. We're talking about building strong, healthy relationships. So I want to give you this thought. This is the thought I want to give to you. Disagreement is positive. I want to give you that thought. I want you to have this thought in mind. I know that's a very general statement. It's also a statement probably that you could prove to be wrong. But it's a, it's a statement that if you would look at it and understand the spirit of that statement in the context of what I'm sharing with you, I pray that you will agree with that statement. That disagreement is positive. Now, disagreement is positive. I have to begin by giving you this parameter. It, it is a true statement to me in the light of the Bible. As believers, like you and I, you and I, can, we are believers in Christ. I love Jesus. I believe you love Christ. And guess what? We can have a disagreement. I believe that. I believe we can disagree on things. And yet, I believe I have this thought when you and I disagree that it can also be positive. It can be positive. Now, I believe it's positive because, number one, we always live by rule one and rule two. What's rule one? See, there you go. I'm talking. Rule one is love God, right? And what's rule two? Love your neighbor or love others. So those are the two rules of every relationship. We always love God. And we're always loving others. Now, love is used a lot, so I want to use a different word with you this morning as we look at this statement of disagreement as positive. I want to use another word, and it's honor. It's honor. I believe that God wants me to honor all people. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe He wants me to honor not just some people. I don't believe He wants me to honor just you. I believe God wants me to honor all people. And that is a thought that I carry with me all the time. I always carry that thought with me no matter where I go, no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm involved in, I'm always thinking that that's a part of my process. Let me share with you from Romans 12.10. Romans 12.10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above think of the word honor, I do think of a judge. I'm sure that something that might come to your mind. Yeah, honor. A judge. You, you call him your honor. Your honor. You're a lawyer. Your honor. May I approach the bench? I think of honor in terms of awards. Let's honor this individual by giving them the Nobel Peace Prize. Let's honor them. I think about Pastor Jim and Jill. Anytime we see them, I believe we should honor them. Why should we honor them? Because they gave so many years to this church. So when I think of that word honor, I, I think of those scenarios. But let me ask you this question. Is it only special people that deserve honor? So 
the only those people that I refer to are are they the only ones who deserve honor? No, I believe all people deserve honor. And so, if that is my thought process, if my thought is to honor people, that when some then when somebody is disagreeing with me, guess what? I am going to listen to them. But the opposite is also true. If I'm not interested in honoring all people, or if I if I am just honoring certain people, when I find myself in a disagreement with somebody, guess what's going to happen? I don't. I will not listen to you because I, I'm not interested in honoring you. You're disagreeing with me. I'm disagreeing with you. I'm not interested in listening to you. That's why we have feuds. That's why we have arguments. That's why we have ongoing disagreements for years on end. Let me share this with you. I'm going to skip uh, Celia to Luke chapter 9. Listen to this. This is, this is a, a true picture of life. These are the disciples. In Luke chapter 9, verse 53, it says, But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down? from heaven to destroy them. But Jesus turned and rebuked them. I don't know about you, but that's me, right? That's my nature, I should say. My nature, when somebody is not welcoming to me, when somebody doesn't like me, my nature is like, let's get rid of them. <laughs> let's move on. Let's, let's somehow get rid of those people. I, I remember, you know, I, I've seen this done before. I've seen how people move people out of their lives because those people didn't agree with them. Now, I want to tell you something. That it's that reason why that happens is because of your thought process. What are you really thinking when you're, when you're trying to move somebody out of your life? Why are you doing that? You're doing that because of the way you're thinking. So you've got to go back to your thought process. So let me give you a couple of thoughts. Another thought that I have in life is different people help me to grow. Different people help me to grow. Now, Jesus was trying to teach James and John that lesson. Now, the Bible says all he did was rebuke it, but we know, I know as a pastor and teacher, I know he definitely took that moment for James and John. Come here. Let me talk to you. Just because somebody doesn't like you doesn't mean you kill them. Doesn't mean you're always calling fire down on them. It's okay if somebody disagrees with you. You've got to learn to love them. You've got to learn to listen to them. Maybe there's something I want to speak through them to you, and you're not going to hear me because you want to get rid of them. Different people help me to grow. That's what I understand about life. And so when we look at our emotional uh, management, this is where we find the strength and patience to listen, to help somebody, to pay attention to their emotions and say, you know what? Their emotions are not what I want to see right now. Their, their, their emotions are getting on my nerves right now. But I'm going to call myself down. I'm going to love them. I'm going to honor them. And just maybe, just maybe I can grow. Just maybe I can learn from them. This is what I've seen in life, in church life. I've seen this in church life, that when people disagree, 
they need. And I want to tell you something. Now, I understand this, that, that people may, may call people to a different church. I understand that. But I never believe, as a leader, that disagreements should cause you to automatically just leave. Like, oh, we disagree. I've got to go. I can't stay here anymore. I actually believe that a disagreement can cause you and I to grow together. Now, if at the end of the day we both decide, yeah, yeah, it's, it's probably best if we, we go somewhere else. That's, that's what we, we agree on, but we disagree kindly with each other, right? And there is biblical examples of this, of, of disagreements that cause separation. But at the onset, as a general rule, and as a mindset, and as a thought process, our thoughts should never be, I am leaving the moment we disagree. The moment you and I don't see eye and eye, eye to eye, I am out of here. Here's another thought that I live by. I am not always right. I am not always right. I'm so grateful that Claire did not say amen at that point. We worked on it. I said, Claire, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Be careful. I am not always right. I hope you can say that. I hope you have that thought. I hope you don't think you are always right. Do you think that? Do you really think that? Now, you might say, well, no, I don't think that. But manage your thought process because watch yourself in the next discussion you find yourself in. When you find yourself in that discussion, have you already predetermined, I'm right and they're wrong, and I'm going to help them? No, I hope that's not your initial thought. I am not always right. Now, speaking of marriage, let me just, that's a good analogy to use. So let me just share that just really briefly. Thinking of a marriage, this is what I've learned. God has brought me somebody that's different than me. And I thank God for that. And I want to remind you that God has, in your marriage, God has brought somebody that's different than you. But what happens is, is when the moments we, we recognize that we're different, the arguments start, why? Because I'm trying to change you, and that person's trying to change me. Instead of recognizing, wait a minute, we're different. There's something I can learn from them, and obviously you, well, all you can do is say, God, help them to see that I can help them. So, like, for instance, in finances, that's, that's between us, I'm not suggesting that I'm an expert in finances, but when it comes between us, I carry the financial role, uh, role and I, I have strength in it. I have knowledge, and I've gained knowledge in that. So, I, I know how to save money. Well, Tara, she knows how to get money. But guess what? We balance each other out. And whereas maybe in the beginning of our marriage, there might be, there was probably more arguments. Now there's really no arguments. We, we do have honest discussions about things. And there's times in my life that I say, Tara, I know I really feel, as we prayed about this, this is what God wants. And there's other times that I recognize, Sid, you're going to have to shut off that saver mentality and go, and Tara's right on this one. So, and why do I act that way? I act that way because I have these thoughts. Why do I easily defer to my wife? I easily defer to her, even though I know, maybe I know more about money than she does. I still defer to her in matters of money when I know she is helping me. Does that make sense? She's making me a better person. She's making me a more 
Jesus. Last thought here, difficult people help me to love. So maybe in relationships at the workplace, maybe in church, maybe in groups out there, maybe in the grocery store, you come across difficult people. Have this thought. This difficult person can actually help me to love them. If I can love this person, boy, God, I can help anybody. And that's what we want. We don't want to just run from people. We don't want to just throw James and John out. God, can you help help me love this person? No. I want to grow in love. I want to let people help me to grow. And so this morning, let me, as I'm kind of coming to a close here again, I want to talk about boundaries. I want to go back to my original thoughts that I had. Most of you will say, well, of course, the pastor wants to be in a home group. He has a pastor. He's a preacher pastor. But I want to tell you, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. I want to be a part of a home group because I honor all of you. Now, it's actually my desire, and this will take years. I know this will take years for me. But I actually have this goal in my mind. I actually want to be a part of a home group different home groups. Let's just say it that way. I want to be a part of different home groups, and I talked to you already that we're going to do seasonal groups. Now, I get it. Some groups are just going to function better together, and that's okay. But maybe many, maybe some of you, like me, you're going to want to meet as many of the church as possible and, and get to know as many of you as possible, and I want to in some way be a close friend to as many people here as possible. So that's, that's my desire. Now, I pray that all of you want to be a part of a home group because you have this thought, I want to honor all people. It would be my honor to sit in a home group with you and hear what you have to say about God's Word. I mean that sincerely, and I mean that with all of my heart. It would really be my honor. I, have so, I was so blessed, and I'm, I'm always blessed at our leadership council meetings, but I, I just have to say again, Thursday, we open up our time with sharing about what, the, what we have been reading in God's Word, and we pray together. And as always, I'm so blessed to hear, and, and yesterday, this worship team that sounded so good, it sounded so good because they came yesterday at 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, and they worked on that. But before they worked on that, we took time to talk about what are we reading in God's Word, and we prayed together. That's why you you feel that presence of God. It's not just because they play good music. It's because their lives are committed to God. And we're going to have a strong, healthy church because we are spending time with each other. And you are going to have a strong, healthy faith in God. Why? Because you're not just here on Sunday, but you're honoring each other by being a part of a home group. So I hope every one of you will join me in that. I'm looking forward to that. We, we have a meeting today with our home group leaders, and we're going to keep growing in that, but we're going to start, we're going to start moving in that direction. Well, let me give you this last verse this morning. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says this, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So what do you have to do to have perfect peace? Fix your thoughts. Touch them. Take control of them. Take those thoughts captive. Bring them to God. Bring them in prayer. 
Don't just let your mind wander. Don't just let your mind just do its thing. Take control of your thoughts and make sure your thoughts are focused on Jesus. I'm going to invite the band to come back. We're going to be out there and sing another song. Songs do help us to get our thoughts on God. Songs do help us to have good thoughts. I hope songs that we sing together help you to get rid of the bad thoughts and replace them with some good thoughts. This morning, my prayer and my my hope is that you think this, that you are thinking right now, you're thinking right now, I need more of Jesus. I woke up this morning recognizing I need more of Jesus. I need more of His presence every day. I have that thought, I need you, Lord, because if I don't have you in my life, I'm going to be missing something. I'm not going to have my Father in heaven who affirms me, who loves me, who cares for me. So I hope you have that thought this morning. Would you stand this morning? We're going to sing together again, and we're going to worship the Lord. You again online can worship with us. We can sing His praises. Lord, I just pray that as we begin to sing to you, as we begin to seek after you, that our thoughts will be focused on you, Jesus. Help us to fix our mind on you. Help us not not to think about this week. Help us not to worry about our jobs, about our homes right now, about our health right now. In this moment, may our focus be you and your presence, your love.